0: Welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, and this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday rhythm of life. And today, we are going to answer one of our listener questions. All right, good. We are getting some great listener questions. Um, we're, we're doing one a week, and so it's going to take us a little bit of time to, <laughs> to get through them. Um, but this question came to me uh, via email, And uh, a couple from our church were discussing amongst themselves, I think they were discussing 1 Timothy chapter 2, but the question came to me and said, uh, Pastor Justin, can women have authority over men? Can women have authority over men? Or can women teach men? Now, um, let's read, actually, uh, Rob, would you read for us? Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, let's say, let's start with verse 11 through 14.
1: Okay, 11 through 14. Uh, Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a, a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor.
0: Okay, so I'm assuming this is where that question is coming out of. And um, your background, your worldview, the, 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 the way that you see the world is probably going to affect the way you receive those words that, yep. that you just read. That's right. Um, I, I recognize that we uh, are, are all men here. And, uh, and so we might not have a problem with those words. But I also have been a pastor long enough in this society to know when you read, I do not, or first off, um, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness, that feels oppressive, that feels um, belittling, that feels like women are somehow a second-class citizen. Mm -hmm. And also, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. That that can, the word that I like to use around here, that can trigger people. That can trigger people. Um, And I want to, uh, before we kind of give our viewpoint of what Paul is teaching here, we want to help our people understand basically the three large camps that um, bring their worldview Kind of to the Bible and and what what those three camps are, I'm going to give us it's a it's a taxonomy between it's called critical theory and feminism. Okay, that's the first one, critical theory and feminism. The second one is called egalitarianism, and the third one is called either complementarianism or you could just call it evangelical traditionalists. Okay, um, I'm going to break this down for us. Um, I'm not going to get into it too much, but modernism created this critical theory, higher critical theory, that basically chooses its own values and then critiques works of literature, scripture, history based upon their own newly created or newly formed or newly chosen values. And so feminism being one of them. So if people decide we are feminists, we believe that women and men can are identical. They can do the same roles. They can fulfill, you know, there is no, um, there are no gender stereotypes or, or not stereotypes, but there are not those gender. A woman can do whatever she wants to do. A man can do whatever, whatever he wants to do. We're going to reject all tradition, okay? They bring that worldview to the Bible and they say the Bible is traditionalist. The Bible is tradi- traditionalistic, okay? The Bible the, the way they say it today, the Bible supports hierarchies. The Bible supports patriarchies. The Bible is therefore oppressive. Therefore the Bible is wrong. Okay? So they they are not coming in neutral. They are coming in with their own values that they really just pulled out of nowhere. Like as they have no, they have no thus saith the Lord. They have no source of morality. They just determine this is what we believe the world is should be like. And now we're going to judge the Bible according it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now this feminist movement and there's been different waves of this and all kinds of different things. And this critical theory has mainly been adopted within the church by the mainline denominations. Mm-hmm. So PCA, um, PCUSA. PCUSA. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> PCUSA, and because that's split. That's literally. This is literally what split. Yeah. It yeah. was the PCA, and then right. It was the PCA, yeah, and, and then, then they, they split into the more liberal and more yeah, conservative. Right, right. Right. Over over this issue. Um, and then and we could go even in mainline Lutheran. Ed, uh, Jonathan Edwards denomination, different, different, uh, denominations, they just embrace this. And so what have they done? They have thrown out huge chunks of the Bible. Like what I just read in Timothy, they would just literally say to you that, yep, he's wrong. Paul was oppressive. Paul was patriarchal. Paul, Paul was a traditionalist. Um, we just reject that part of the Bible. We just, or they just don't read the Bible anymore. Okay. Now there's a lot of churches in the quad cities that are in that, uh, that, that group, but, that's kind of like becoming just like the culture. And so most of those churches, I mean, all of those churches are dying. They're Because you go to those churches and there is no gospel. There is no confession of sin. There is nothing unique. And so people, why am I even coming to this thing? Mm-hmm. That's just telling me the same thing that the news is telling me. Um, so those um, traditionally just die. Okay. And then the second part of this taxonomy is called egalitarianism. Now, egalitarians believe the Bible but there they have hermeneutical kind of like hermeneutical gymnastics with the Bible and so they actually say, well no no we believe the Bible and we believe the Bible's right but we believe the Bible is actually feminist. So the Bible liberates women from traditionalism and that traditional hierarchy or, patriarchies in in the Old and New Testament. So they would even take this 1 Timothy chapter two passage and basically interpret it to mean something different than what it actually says. So when it says that woman, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness, they would say something like, well, you know what? Paul was writing to a very specific culture and so he was addressing cultural issues. And now we live in a totally different culture. Or they would say something like, Well, these women were all uneducated. They were uneducated. And so he's telling these uneducated women to be quiet because they were asking dumb questions and then and they just need to go home and ask their husbands when they get home because they were uneducated and their husbands were educated. But now that we live in a different culture where we are all educated, we no longer have to obey this command. That's the kind of hermeneutic, hermeneutic gymnastics that egalitarians play with a lot of different texts so that you read the Bible as, a, as a, just a normal person and you're like, whoa, that sounds really clear. And they play a lot of kind of tricks with the text to make you think it doesn't really say mm. what it says. Okay. And so many of these people believe that um, this no longer applies to people, that women can be pastors now. Women um, can fulfill traditionally male roles in the family, and males can fulfill traditionally male roles. Um, The problem, well, there's lots of problems with that, but one of the major problems, and there's a lot of egalitarian denominations in our society. Most non-denominational churches, I would say, are egalitarian, and they kind of go with the flow with women can be pastors just like men, even though they don't get that from the Bible, they get it from the culture this type of thinking and, and hermeneutic leaves the door wide open for the LGBTQ plus agenda. Because if you look at a text and you say, oh, that's just their culture. That was just their culture. Well, that, that Hill just keep you just, that ball just keeps rolling downhill. Mm-hmm. And so now you say, well, our culture totally accept that we know that, that it's okay to, you know, love is love and, and two men can be married. We know that. They didn't know that back then, but now we know that. And so why can't a a gay man be a pastor, right? Well, we know that gender is fluid these days. So why? None of these roles really apply anymore, right? And so this is why egalitarianism is a slippery slope and is is dangerous, okay? And then there is the complementarian or the evangelical traditionalist, and we, and I'm, I'm going to out myself here as one of them. <laughs> we just believe the Bible as it is declared. We believe that the Bible is the Bible is traditionalist. The Bible shows us creational norms that never change between male and female. Um, we believe those are complementarian. Um We believe they're affirmed by nature and affirmed by every culture around the world. Uh, affirmed by nature. Men are bigger. (laughs) Men are stronger. Men, uh, men are, are meant to, to lead and to, to carry weight and to protect the home. Uh, women are maternal. They, they, they can have children. They are meant, they're, they're made by God differently. They're, you know, men often are called to protect life and take life and and, in the protection of life, you know, in, in war and such. Women are called to give life. They, they, you know, as subcreators under the lord.
1: Yeah, so we got to be careful, you know, and this is where you take the general uh, you, you don't want to take the exceptions and make the exceptions then the rule. Right. And so and often we see that that's what's going on now is what we'll find, oh, I know this woman or I know this this creature, this animal that, you know, uh, it, yeah. it, 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 that's an exception. But what we're talking about is we're talking about the, the general rule of life is are these things. Yeah,
0: and, and all life. of scripture testifies this, yeah. that men are called to lead and called to love their wife, they're called to be the head of their home, <clears throat> they're called to be the head of the church. And you see this all through scripture. now. Do you have the occasional Deborah? Yes, you have the occasional right, that would Deborah. Be an example, yeah. And and that's one of those exceptions. But all the way through the Old and the New Testament alike, the Bible is traditionalist. It is patriarchal in the sense of father rule. Okay, not patriarchal governmental system mm-hmm. that would oppress women and not give women the right to vote and these types of things. It is complementarian or evangelical traditionalist it is. It believes that the Bible teaches the advocacy of loving leadership that allows women to thrive. So when men do what men are called to do, mm-hmm. that creates an atmosphere in the home, in the church, in society, in society, where women can thrive. Yeah. All right. Right. And we believe the Bible is right. Okay. So we're gonna now. This is this is why um, I wanted to, to to talk about this specifically. So when this text says let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness the critical feminist says I reject the bible and I reject that <clears throat> the egalitarian says well what was really going on here and so they get around where women no longer need to be submissive and they no longer need to be quiet and learn and they and women now it says i do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, rather she is to remain quiet. They go, no, that, that no longer applies to us. Um, now women can teach and women can be pastors and exercise authority over a man. The problem is in the text, Paul is not, his argument is not based upon cultural norms. His argument is based on creational norms. He says this for Adam was formed first then Eve. So he's not going, you know, this isn't a post-fall argument, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, women need to listen to men because of the fallenness of the world. No, 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 no. He goes back to creation. Nor does he say, these women here are all uneducated. And so you uneducated women need to listen to your educated husbands. No, his argument is based on the way God created. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbirth. So his argument is based in creation. It's not a, it's not based in culture. So we we a complementarian evangelical traditionalist would say this hasn't changed. This is still the same. Men are to be the pastors and the teachers in the church and women are not to be pastors and teachers that teach and lead men. Now some some clarity here. Some um, this does not mean that women can't teach other women. Uh, women can lead women's ministries and teach the Bible and and these and do these different things. Neither is this. Um, this is when when Paul's writing to Timothy here. He's really laying out how the church is meant to function. Mm-hmm. Right. The next text is. Um, this saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, and again, all he ha- he says this. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, a male. <laughs> to be a pastor, to be an elder, you you must be a male. He's laying out the norm inside the Christian church. Mm-hmm. He is not writing this <clears throat> to Caesar and saying this is the norm for society. Right. So when. Our listener says, can a, can a woman have authority over a man? Um, I'm assuming she's asking that in the realm of the church. And in the realm of the church, the answer is no. Right. Biblically, the answer is no. But in the realm of the world, I say, sure. Mm-hmm. right. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, and I think this is a this is a good place To just talk about principles in terms of how do we Interpret scripture, so when you have, when you come to this Complementarianism, or this Evangelical traditionalist approach, the approach Is, is let's look at the context, and, and the, the immediate context of the passage We have here, and the immediate context down In the, in the next chapter uh, Is, he's saying, I'm writing This to you, so if I delay, you May know how one ought to behave In the household of God What's he talking about? He's talking about, how are you To behave within the church, so we know that when he's talking here, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. He's he's thinking within the context of the household of God, within yeah. the within the church itself. So that again is just a good hermeneutical. That's a that's a a principle of interpretation is that you look at the context the, uh, of the immediate context of what's being what's being written there. So you can kind of understand what was Paul writing about, who was he writing to, and what was he writing writing for. So I think that's just a, an important way to go. So so we would be saying then, as you pointed out, when it says I do. Not permit a woman to teach her, or no. When it says uh, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness and not exercise authority over a man, we we are saying yeah, that's within the church, but not outside the church. No, outside the church, there are women who are going to be your boss, and you are in a position of you know submitting to their authority over you in and a position that they they are in. So we can see that happening
0: and see how this this argument Paul makes is rooted again in creation. He doesn't say mm-hmm. because men are smarter because men are better educated because you know i like my preachers masculine or something no it just says this is like this is how god made us this is god's norm and as you were saying this is for the church this doesn't mean obviously um a woman you a woman can go into she could be a theologian Mm-hmm. She could be a professor. Mm-hmm. She could teach in that type of setting. She can lead in that type of setting. But that's a different sphere of authority than the church. Yeah. In the church, the church is meant to be led by male-only elders.
1: Yeah, And I think it's important, to, if I if we can go back to that chapter 2, verse 13, when it says, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. So we, we see it within the created order God has determined by order. He just simply said, Adam's first. Eve, second. That's all we. That's all we see there. We know that when we go back to Galatian, I mean, back to Genesis chapter two, that or chapter one, that we are all made in the image of God, and so there's this idea of that. Well, yeah, in essence, we are all human beings. We're all equal in essence, but in terms of roles. There's a difference role that God has given to the man versus the woman. And you look at verse 13, or uh, sorry, verse uh, 14. He says, and Adam was deceived, and the woman, uh, Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. What that is really re- referring to is, is when you get out of order, then things happen. And what happened was, there mm. was that Adam did not fulfill his responsibility. He was there, but he did not protect the woman. He wasn't leading. Yeah, he was not leading. He wasn't leading theologically because we know exactly what the enemy did. The enemy came in and then twisted some scripture. He said nothing, Uh, and so uh, so she was deceived. And so I think what he's doing there is he's showing when you step out of this order, this is exactly what happens. You know, there's a breakdown.
0: Yeah, he should have led theologically Mm -hmm. when the devil said, "Has the Lord not said?" You know, like any twisted scripture. Adam should have been like, no, he didn't say that. Yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, and then he also should have crushed the head of the snake. Yeah. He should have said right away, this creation thing is doing something it's not supposed to be doing. This yeah. something's out of order here, yeah. and he should have protected his wife and crushed the head of the snake. But Adam was being, we could, I don't know, spiritually apathetic. Let's just say that spiritually apathetic, not fulfilling his role, and then that because of he his failure of leadership, his wife was deceived, and. First Timothy, I mean, he, he begins this, he says this, I, as I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, Mm. nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. He, she says, certain persons by swerving from these have wandered into vain discussions, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. So he's saying part of the problem what's going on in Ephesus is doctrine, like false teachers, mm-hmm. bad doctrine, and he is charging Timothy to be a man of God and to stand up and to lead and to rebuke those who are teaching false things, mm-hmm. to to be the true and better Adam. Right? Right? That's right. To not be, to not be deceived. And Apparently, there were women who were um, out of order and out of line in the church here. And and that required Paul to write this strong letter to say, no, they need to be quiet and they need to let the men teach and let the men preach. And uh, those same folks are still, they're still in the church today. They're still, they still, if you read the Bible and you believe that it is oppressive to women. If you believe God's word is oppressive to women, then you don't understand God or the world rightly. You don't. God is the very source of goodness. Hmm. And he created the world exactly how he wanted to create it. And we flourish when we function in our God-ordained roles. And uh, and the, again, this is all based in in creation. <clears throat> so you think we could uh, break that down a little bit within the context of our church, because um, we you know we have like missional communities, we have um, our regular gatherings and things like that. So um, for our church, would w- would we not let like women um, teach? I guess if we had a speaker come in and speak, maybe to fill in for you or to no. We wouldn't. ...are to have mission communities, like women leading mission communities out with, with their husbands, or if their husband's gone, them stepping in place, or... So, this is, again, this is um, the gathered, we're, Paul's here is, is talking about the gathered the gathered church, and the, the question is, can a the question that you're asking is, can a woman under the authority of the elders teach? I think that answer. I think that that is a open-handed. It's more of an open-handed issue. Um, now, I have never had a woman preach at Sacred City. I, and I'll just tell you, I I fall on the side of no. That I, I won't. I won't. Uh, I don't. I don't believe that on a Sunday morning that a woman is. It's rightful for a woman to to preach. But in a missional community, um, she, women are. We don't have any just female leaders, but they lead alongside their husband. But can a woman teach in a missional community setting? I would say yes, because she's teaching directly under the authority of the elders and teaching what we've already wrote written, sorry, wrote, written, or prescribed. Like mm-hmm. we chose the curriculum, we approved the curriculum, yeah. and now she's implementing the the decisions, the decisions of the elder. Of the elders.
1: Yeah, you kind of see the relationship of the elders and the, and the deacons uh, or deaconesses. So we would call an MC leader in, in, in the office of deacon, and under the office of deacon, they are they're teaching what the elders have asked them to teach. So they're serving the elders in that regard um, by teaching those things that we've we've prescribed. Yeah.
0: Can I can I ask? I mean, uh, so you said as long as like a woman's under the um, under the elders, authority uh-huh. authority of the eldership. Um, why wouldn't a uh, woman be able to uh, preach on a, or speak on a Sunday then? Because I think she's she's exercise to to get up and say, "Thus saith the Lord," and to preach on a Sunday morning is to exercise authority over everyone, over everyone there, and and I I think that I think this is condemned right here from from the t- the text of Scripture. Now, a few people could say, a few people I know do say. Um, if a woman feels led to preach and she basically writes her sermon and sends me her sermon and I go over her sermon and I approve her sermon, then I know exactly what she's going to say. And she's, she's operating under my authority as an elder. Mm -hmm. And therefore I allow her to preach. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I understand, I can understand that. Um, to me though, once a person gets on stage, they, they are, they are in an office they are, they are either in an office or in a position of authority that the elders kind of don't have really any control over at that moment. They can go off their notes. They could say whatever they want to say. And so we have to be careful who we allow up in the pulpit. And I, I think, um, I, I just think this, this scripture here would condemn that. And I don't, I don't think it would be very wise to do that.
1: Yeah, you can kind of see the... The, the the thinking or the, I don't know if this would be the philosophy or the theology of preaching, but we would we would see we see that as a as a high standard. There should be a high standard for that place because that is a place where authority is being expressed not only by words but by the very person. And so that, that is the, you know, it's, 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 there's something special that's going on on a Sunday morning in the church that's different than any other place, even as a lecturer, you know, you think about lecturers in a, in a college campus, whatever, what's going on there and what's going on in the church with, with regards to worship going on as, as part of this context, that that gives an authority that is different than any other kind of really any other kind of place of of a speaking place. Uh, it's authority. of It's God's word being authoritatively expressed for the worship of God. And that, that really makes this a, it's an important question to be asking and answering for what we believe God wants to happen on that regular weekly gathering.
0: Yeah. And I don't, again, uh, my beliefs here are based in scripture and they're not based upon any, like I've heard people say, well, I just don't think women, you know, women are good preachers. Well, <clears throat> I have been greatly blessed by um, the writing of hmm. Fleming Rutledge. Yes, right. And she, I think, is Anglican. If that's right, she's an Anglic. She's an Anglican preacher, and her books are basically her sermons put down in book form, and they're great. You know, and I and I I love them. She's very talented. She's very smart. She's a gr- she's an apt theologian. She's very good with words, and so I. I don't disagree that she is she could be she's a great preacher and she's good at, she's good at it. I disagree on the basis of scripture that I don't think it's appropriate. I don't think it's biblically appropriate for for women to mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> be exercising authority over men because of because of this text. Um, so uh, we might have you know we, I don't know we might have hopefully we've stirred up some conversation back home. <laughs> Maybe you uh, have some more questions. Um, If you do, email me at dean at sacredcitychurch.com. We would love to attempt to to answer those questions to the best of our ability. Hopefully this was helpful to you. Uh, We love you guys. We are praying for you. God bless.